Good afternoon and welcome to the Carolina Codecast, the official podcast of the Carolina Code Conference. With me today is Jace Eckerd. Say hello, Jace. Hi there. Uh, and uh, so what are you up to these days? Oh, well, uh, I, I don't know. I'm uh, you know just working from home, uh, able to, to do that since uh, the uh, since nice. COVID. Um, so it's nice. It's, I, I've been working at VMware for the past year VMware. and a half or so. So what do you do at uh, VMware now? Oh, uh, okay. So I work for the division that was acquired recently. Uh, oh, staff. nice. Um, if you're familiar with Salt, it's uh, it's a uh, kind of one of the other infrastructures code as opposed to Puppet, Chef, yeah. Ansible. Um, I fell in love with Salt whenever I was uh, at Clemson because um, Clemson used really? it a lot, and I just fell in love with it. And eventually got this job with them, and uh, they were acquired by VMware. Uh, VMware is now incorporating it into a lot of their products. It's really That's awesome. interesting. And uh, yeah, it's now so. So uh, for, for somebody who's a, a big Ansible user like myself, <laughs> s- sell me on salt today. Oh boy. Well, there's so many things. Uh, so first of all, um, it was originally built to be just a, a remote procedure call uh, system. It, it eventually became a infrastructure as code and code management or a system management okay. system. Um, but it's, it, as opposed to Ansible, which is uh, agentless, the default for Salt is with an agent. So it's much faster communication. You don't have to SSH every single time, although you can have that as your uh, infrastructure. You could you could just do agentless if you want. And so for, example. for any listeners who aren't familiar with so what we're talking about right now, when we when we are talking about infrastructure as code and configuration tools, um, when we're talking about using something like Ansible, you would end up writing basically a playbook in Ansible and it would go and connect to a Linux machine and it would go through and say, install these packages for me and modify these configuration files and then restart these services. Uh, and it can tell what's already been run and what hasn't. So it doesn't repeat work that's already been done. And so you can run these things. You can right. keep adding to them as you, as you go and as you update the configuration and it will just go and make just the changes that it needs to make. And so what we're talking about here when we talk about agentless versus with an agent is that when you're using Ansible, if you're trying to connect to 10,000 machines, Ansible is going to go and connect directly to all 10,000 of those machines over SSH and run the commands directly. Whereas something with an agent like Salt or, or Puppet or something like that, it's going to, to pull the configuration down from something central and there's going to be an agent running on each one of those machines that will then take the commands and run it and, and modify the state. So just to get the listeners caught up if they're not familiar with it. So, so, yeah, so go yeah, ahead and yeah, continue absolutely. on with salt. So, so the, the, the point of being uh, an agent style, and, and again, that's the default infrastructure. It, you can do an SSH infrastructure where like Ansible okay. does. Um, or you can even have, uh, uh, so it's, it's called a master minion, which is kind of a uh, client server relationship in, you know, right. by default, but you can also have a, uh, um, masterless, where each system has its own configuration files and, and does the stuff. Anyway, uh, so it's faster than most systems are, um, and it's also, in my opinion, the the uh, which what what's called run books or playbooks or uh, recipes in Chef uh, or uh, whatever they're called in Puppet. I don't remember, but they're called salt states. Um, uh, they, uh, in my opinion are a lot more elegant. They're easier to understand. They're 
So a not written in YAML. It's a different YAML. Gotcha. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I, I, I just enjoy it a lot much more, uh, and it's also kind of a. In my opinion, a little more readable, but uh, you know, I've, I've only touched a little bit on Ansible, so I can't really have a, a really bad opinion of them because it's, it's a great. Well, I mean, the so I got I got really into Ansible mainly because when I was looking at all the other options, everything required an agent, and what I got kind of tired of was yeah. investing my time in learning these different configuration systems and then getting to a new place and them telling me, oh well you don't have permission to install that agent on these machines. But if I have SSH access yeah. to the machines, I can use whatever I want. I mean, there's no difference between me right. using Ansible to SSH to a machine and do something and save myself time versus just manually SSHing into the machine and modifying it myself. Uh, and so I invested my time in Ansible mostly because I wanted something that was more portable with me that I didn't have to ask permission for. Um, and that was that was my very selfish reason for for learning that but uh but if salt has has an an option to go over ssh that's that's interesting and i i would be really interested to see if it was yeah, faster it, over ssh than ansible was too i see now that i'm, I'm not sure about it. it it may be it may not be i'm not sure. I'm, I'm curious um but it's so it uh the, and that system has been around for a while it's called salt ssh but there's a new kind of an updated version of it called salt heist, salt heist where it uh it heists into the system <laughs> uh installs a, a micro agent does only the the, the required systems where this you install this this package and check this configuration file just those little commands and then it removes itself uh to to return back so it, it does do that agent communication salt heist is is and i haven't yeah, actually messed with it myself but it sounds really cool um you know, for for small tasks, I don't know that it's necessarily worth it, but but for if you're like going and and deploying something to tons of different systems, it might be something to look yeah, into. Yeah, I'm intrigued. I mean, I, just the idea of being able to to have a a direct over SSH option that could easily convert to an agented option for the for the efficiencies long term. Because yeah. right. I mean, you can do a pull mode with Ansible where it works like that. Um, but, uh, yeah. you don't really hear about people doing it that often. And it's my understanding, like at the last Ansible, Ansible con or, or, or convention, yeah. or whatever, that they were starting to have, uh, Ansible agents and Ansible, uh, is it towers, a tower having, so that's a, that's a red hat thing. Ansible. If I remember right. So red hat has like Ansible tower as a central place to manage, manage it so that your team can right. connect and they can run things on and manage the permissions and sharing and, and you know, who has access to what and, and all that and the various credentials that go along with all of it. But I don't, I don't know if there are agents involved in it. I don't, I don't think there are agents involved in it, but I think it's mostly just sort of a, a team management tool. That, I, I may be mistaken, but too. anything's possible. I'm, I'm not, I'm not an expert on it. I've just tinkered with it enough to be dangerous. And, and a lot of ideas get passed from one, thing to another all the time you know when something works you know you, you steal yeah, the idea absolutely <laughs> absolutely and it's for for so much of it I, I talk to companies about this stuff all the time when it comes to uh when it comes to the technology that they're using under the hood of what they're doing and people's motivations to learn that technology 
if you've built some in-house monstrosity that you're very, very proud of, every single new developer that you hire has to be motivated to learn that thing. Uh, and if you're using something that's under the hood that's open source, that they may have learned ahead of time, or you could go ahead and put on the resume, it saves you the training time, but it also keeps them more motivated because it's expertise that they can take with them if they want to. Uh, and and motivation is, is key. And so that was... That was where I always struggled with, you know, because back when I got into Ansible, Puppet was the uh, was the big thing, and uh, and it was it was the agented thing. And I was actually working at Windstream at the time, and I was doing like production support work, and everything I was doing there was just a bunch of like hard coded Perl scripts. Like we were just getting directly into the machine, and we're using these Perl scripts to modify and deploy everything, and check deployments yeah. and, and all that. And uh, and most of it we just wrote ourselves. <laughs> But um, having yeah. a better way to do it, you know, we, we looked at Puppet and that was that was the thing at the time. And ultimately, it was just sort of decided, well, you're, you're never getting permission to install this on all the computers. So, <laughs> so just go ahead and get that idea out of your head right now. Yeah. But if, if I'd had Ansible back then, I could have just used it and then I could have just basically hit a button and, and oh. retired. <laughs> oh, if, if I'd had either Ansible or Puppet or Chef or uh, Assault, Many many years ago at this place that I worked, it would have been nice. so time saving. I, I I must have had I don't know how many shell scripts and 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 tickle uh, TK stuff and and uh, you know Perl like you say and in Python just all this rat, you know duct tape oh, stuff yeah. together. So, so many oh, Perl scripts with Rayxes in them to just find things in configuration files and replace them and and oh god, I mean it was it worked and it was awesome when it did, but. <laughs> Yeah. Um, there's no, there's nothing quite like making you feel like you're doing super powered geek things like using Perl on online computers. You just, yeah. you just feel like you need the hoodie and everything and just, just, just to pull it up. And what's the, uh, what's the, the TCL? I've never even uh, used TCL. System that expect. Oh yeah. Have you ever used to no. expect? Okay. So it's, it's a, it was a way to get around the uh, SSH passwords and stuff. You know, you, you would SSH to a place and, and the, the, your script would expect the password prompt and maybe it's uppercase P and a lowercase P. So yeah. you use a regular expression for P and then, and then it would send that and expect that you logged in and, you know, so expect was, that's I do, where I I do remember that. TCL. I, I remember expect. Yeah. 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 Cause bypassing the SSH logins was always such a, golly, there were, there were so many headaches in there. And it's funny how whenever you get into to some of the systems and you, you have like muscle memory for what you're doing. I remember I used to, at one point I worked with an admin who, uh, he gave me, you know, I, I, I was on the system and I had root access to the system with my user. And whenever I would want to do something with root rather than doing it with my own user or, or rather than doing it with my own user or his own user, uh, I would end up switching into the root user. It's not good practice, I know, but, you know, there's some things that, that you just do. But what drove him nuts was that I removed the audit trail entirely because I wouldn't use the, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't switch to the root user directly from my user. I would do the sudo-s. And as soon as I did the sudo-s, it, it apparently removed his ability to track who switched to root. And I was like, that seems like a major thing that they should fix, but this is just how I've done it for years. And it's, it's, it's a reflex at this point. <laughs> and so, 
And granted, he and I were the only two people that had access to the machine, so it didn't matter that much, but it just, it, uh, but it wanted to make sure it wasn't yeah, right? yeah, well, look, don't get me wrong. He, he was a much more experienced this admin than I was. Uh, and so he was, he was very, very particular about exactly how everything needed to be done. And, and don't get me wrong. The guy was an absolute genius. It was, it was fantastic. Uh, I, I learned a ton from him. His name's David D. He's out in Colorado now. I used to work with him at D. Marsh and he was awesome. I uh, probably need to have him on this podcast at some point. But, um, I, I do recognize yeah. the name. But yeah. Uh, but yeah. So um, anyway, all right. So back to back to your we're, we're we kind of went down the salt salt train. So sum it up real quick. What what's your biggest uh, love of salt stack? Oh uh, well, I, like I said, um, it's flexibility. I mean, you can also if you have a puppet or chef or Ansible system, you can actually use salt to use those systems to, to get your really yeah it's, it's a lot of integration and i know that ansible has some plugins for using salt modules too as well so it's, it's there's this uh you know intertwined stuff so yeah uh it, it'll interact with a tower too i think uh, but uh, yeah so there's all this stuff I'll make a sticky note here to <laughs> um, research salt <laughs> and then one more thing i'm going to do list well i'll be glad that. to give a demonstration sometime say that again um I said I'd be glad to give a demonstration. You know, that sometime. seems like it'd be a great thing to do. Where, where, pray tell, would you give such a demonstration? Would it be at, uh, say, a meetup group here in Greenville, or would it be at a at a conference? Which one would you prefer? I ask you about first. I, I'm doing both. I, uh, you know, as as you know, I run the uh, Upstate Carolina. Yes, yes, I do. Uh, but I've also helped uh, with that group. Uh, helped to start the Southeast Linux Fest. And uh, I've talked at that uh, that uh, conference as well. Yeah, so. Southeast Linux Fest is, you know, I wasn't able to make it this year. I was out of town when y'all had it. But um, uh, I've been to it several times before. We all had it in Columbia a few years back or maybe a decade ago. No, it's, so it's it started in 2009 in uh, at Clemson. Okay. Uh, because Clemson Linux Users Group uh, hosted us at the Hendricks really? Student Center. That was fantastic to be able to, because we had no, I mean, it was starting from scratch. I had no nothing. idea. That's awesome. And uh, that was 2009, the first year. The second two years, or the next two years, maybe three, it was at, in Spartanburg. Okay. And then from that point forward, it's been in Charlotte. Maybe I'm thinking about Spartanburg. Because I, I know I went to it in, at, uh, somewhere in South Carolina. It must have been Spartanburg. It's been a long time. I just, my, yeah. my biggest memory of going to that thing is that there was a recruiter who'd been trying to get in touch with me, uh, for like a month and a half. And we just kept not being able to get in touch with each other. And I walked in and I just sort of walked up to the table. I didn't actually realize that she was a recruiter that was there. And I introduced myself to, to the, to the table, to all of them. And she just flipped out and I've never been more shocked for anybody to be happy to see me in my life. Um, <laughs> And uh, I, I, I kid you not, she turned around and, and I said, oh, hi, uh, my, my name is Barry Jones. And then she was like literally facing the other direction while I was talking to these guys at the table. And she turns around and goes, the Barry Jones. I was like, <laughs> I, I, I was terrified. Wow. But anyway, that was my biggest Southeast Linux Fest memory from from back then. But uh, I remember I, I do remember thinking it was awesome seeing all these uh you had a lot of sponsors that were from you know, Linux providing uh, computer systems and stuff that I didn't even know existed at the time. And I thought it was really interesting. Yeah. You know, now I'm a big system 76 user and everything. I actually got a, 
System 70 looked like a laptop right here. <laughs> so I got went fully into that world. But um, I mean, y'all have always done a great job with it. So, so tell me, uh, tell me a little more about the Southeast Linux Fest. You know, how, how do y'all end up doing it? Is it multi-track? Well, is it single track? I mean, yeah, it's it's a multi-track, um, and it's actually in a uh, convention center hotel, um, and they have multiple parts of the large dining yeah. room you know how uh not room uh ballroom you know how convention centers they have a ballroom and they have the dividers right. and make those into smaller rooms um so that's usually uh uh where the multiple tracks are there's also you know side rooms and that sort of thing for smaller uh tracks um usually it's uh three sometimes six tracks because of three to six rooms or something like that but it's often three um and then there's uh, like an adjoining, uh, like sub conference sort of thing that there, like many years ago, there was uh, introduction to cloud, huh. you know, uh, that was a whole track, uh, that one year, it wasn't specifically Southeast Linux fest, but as an add on, you could, you know, in the same building, in the same hallway, you could go to this other conference called introduction to cloud and uh, cloud.com was there, oh, for wow. example, and uh, other, uh, dealers, I think that in fact, salt was introduced, or th it was one of the places that uh, salt was introduced. And it's like the one of 10 conferences that, uh, that Thomas Hatch who started it, uh, came to really? make. Um, I didn't know about it at the time, though, but <laughs> I wish I would have known. But y'all put the talks online these days now, right? How long you've been doing that? Yeah, they're all put on YouTube. Yep. And uh, so I, I'm no longer a, a part of the organization, but okay. I helped to start it and I'm very proud of it. And I enjoy going and hope to give talks every once in a while, whenever I can. Um, but I, you know, I love the group there. Uh, they're like family. Um, so it started in uh, 2009 from a group of guys at uh, uh, the upstate Carolina Linux users group, which I, I mentioned I'm uh, kind of yep. the leader of. Um, and uh, a group of guys got together and said, you know, I really like Ohio Linux Fest. I, I liked Atlanta Linux Expo. And we know about Northwest Linux uh, Fest and and uh, Southern California Linux Expo. Why don't we have one here in the Southeast? And and they uh, got together and uh, kind of got the ball rolling, kind of similar to what you had done uh, with uh, Carolina Codes um, and, and just found through people and communications and stuff. Uh, found a way to, to make it happen and uh, got in touch with uh, a lot of the lugs from the Southeast. There were, you know, the uh, Atlanta Linux enthusiasts, the Char lug and Cola lug and uh, uh, Clemson lug. Cause they were the ones yeah. that hosted and uh, Charleston lug, some from the, you know, uh, North Carolina, of course, tri lug um, a lot of people from there and worked at red hat. And so they brought red hat in and, and then Ubuntu was a new thing. So there was an Ubuntu. Oh, it's hard to imagine Ubuntu uh, being a new thing. Yeah. It's, it's amazing how things just kind of fall together whenever you ask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so, I mean, you mentioned a lot of the, a lot of the various Linux user groups right there. So, you know, I understand you, uh, you've managed to find a way to actually thrive. A lot of the, you know, one of the things we talked about with the conference is that a lot of meetups kind of um, floundered with everything with COVID. And, yeah. you know, either just 
tried to go remote and it didn't work out or, or just shrank in general because you're all sort of almost like a chaptered organization where you've got the, where you've got Linux user groups in, in every area that somewhat share an affiliation, but they're all kind of independent. So y'all partnered up with the Columbia group and, and grew from what I understand. So, t so tell me about that. Yeah, I'm going to mute because my dog's making noise in the background over here. <laughs> it was kind of a coincidental sort of thing. Um, I had I was working at Clemson at the time, and uh, a friend of mine that I knew from Cololog, uh, he got a job with Clemson as well, and he came and moved up to the Clemson area, and I uh, was working with we, we were, so we were coworkers. I knew, like I said, I'd know, known him ahead of time from uh, uh, Southeast Linux Fest, which I may say self if 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 I keep saying self, that's what I'm saying. Uh, so I knew him from Southeast Linux Fest, and. Uh, uh, we were both having, both groups were having kind of trouble getting, and this was about 2016, 2017 or so, we were having trouble getting people to speak. And um, so we both said, you know, wouldn't it be good if we kind of pooled our resources together, get on some sort of uh, teleconferencing sort of software, like uh, um, what was what was it at the time? It was Teams wasn't a thing at the time, but uh, uh, Suddenly, um, uh, WebEx, we could do WebEx together or something like that. Um, uh, Google, uh, Google Plus, I think, was a thing. So we used that. For oh, several wow. Years. Um, but so, I, I haven't heard of anybody that used Google that? Plus for anything. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was awesome. It was great for what it did. Um, so he, he and I got together and said, you know, it, it, well, how about we have the two meetings on the same night and you have it one month and we have it another month? And it just kind of worked that way. Uh, so, and that's what we did. And that was again in 2017, 2016, maybe. Um, every other month would be from each group, and and that way we could we could you know take a break uh, every other month and wouldn't have to find someone to to t give a talk or something like that. Um, and we just have kept it up since then. When the pandemic hit, it was just kind of a all right. We're not going to be in the actual place that we were at we'll just do it from home everyone does it from home i mean you know here's the link to uh the jitsi we use jitsi for uh for the the zooming yep. i guess uh to and uh we just kept doing that so once a month got people to talk and uh actually i think we had some people from uh completely other states to give talks that's the cool thing about teleconferencing uh, that's very that. true <laughs> was able to keep that up um so yeah you, you mentioned how hard it is to to keep a group going it's it's been hard for us and but uh someone once told me that uh uc lug is a meritocracy and what i interpret from that is that if i want to see stuff if i want to talk about stuff then i need to make sure that that happens and so i have been the one that has been doing that because i'm the one that wants to see interesting new stuff yeah, so I can understand I've been that. finding people and talking and asking questions and coordinating with another lug and, and all sorts of things like it's, that. It, it's good to see that, you know, motivation has a path for, for whenever you're doing those types of things. Cause you know, that's, that's definitely something that, um, that I relate to on the conference side of things. It, it, there's it, so it, many it, interesting, the, the thing that always got me when it, before the conference was happening was, was that, you know, you'd always hear about all these interesting things that people were doing 
And I spent most of my time just telling everybody else about all this other interesting stuff that was happening. And now I just get to go, Hey, you, you tell them yourself. <laughs> it's a lot simpler, but the, but what you mentioned about, um, about, you know, y'all get a speaker and then we'll get a speaker and we'll take turns and everything that there's a lot to be said for that. Uh, a lot of people take on, you know, doing these meetups every month entirely on their own and then they get really demoralized if, if people don't show up one month or something like that and uh, ha just having people to share the load with is big that's actually one of the big things that uh that jim's tra been trying to do with the hat greenville stuff is to make sure there's a support system for yeah, native and, runners and i feel like that you took that ball too for carolina code conference that's that's exactly what you've been doing is is pooling resources of all the different because the first thing you asked was you asked all of these tech groups. It didn't work at all, but I tried. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's a great idea though. You know, it's, it's, and you know, beneficial. It's, yeah. you know, I, I and, and so, I mean, Jim, Jim and the, the open works folks around hack Greenville have, have really tried to solidify this into a good structure. I mean, with the, with the refactor Greenville folks coming in and kind of trying to provide a 501 C3 umbrella to this and to, to really create the structure. I mean, he, he's been having the meetings. He's been getting people together. He's been taking notes and feedback and communicating out to everybody else on this stuff. Uh, the most that I did was I just kind of yelled, I, I want the meetups back. And I just kept saying it and, and hope that the, that the energy around the conference would, uh, would uh, do that. Jim's the one who's really, really taken that and, and focused on, on launching the meetups. But one thing that I really do hope to do, uh, with the conference is I really do hope at some point that the initial goal of letting the meetups channel speakers into the conference uh, will work out because I would love nothing more than to, to, than to go into a conference one year, than to go into a Carolina code conference one year. And every single speaker I'm announcing, and this speaker is from UCLUG and this speaker is from upstate Ruby and this speaker is from Charleston Python and, you know, and, and just, and, and just really raise awareness of the various meetup groups and get those meetup groups involved. I think that would be a great, uh, I think that would be a great culmination yeah. event for all of the meetups in the area and, and kind of the quad state area. If we can pull it off, you know, it remains to, to be seen if anything like that will actually happen. And I've got to, I've got to figure out some type of structure to make it work. But um, in the meantime, we'll just keep doing what we're doing. And, and uh, I will, I'm not going to lie. If you're listening to this and you're, and you're thinking about submitting a talk to the Carolina Code Conference in the future, if you fill in that form that says, I represent meetup, whatever, I strongly factor that in because I, I want that type of representation at the event. That's that's important to me. But um, yeah, that's, all, that's all I'm going to give away in my selection process, though. <laughs> and if, I'm, if I may say, if anyone is wanting to, to talk to the at the Carolina Code Conference, and you need a a warm up place to do it. The uh, Linux users absolutely. Like y'all have had me out a bunch of times to talking that, and, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and, and you've moved, but I've, I so as as a selfish thing, what I've done in the past is uh, like when I was taking a class in in uh, uh, presenting to uh, my classroom uh, about a new technology in, in yeah. computers. Um, I, uh, I would give my talk at the Linux user group first, work out all the kinks and then give it in class and get a better grade. That makes good sense. <laughs> but for people that are better, you know, that, that if you, if you've got a talk that you want to give at a conference and you want it to be a little more professional, you want to have maybe questions you hadn't thought about, uh, be given, uh, I think a, a local group in that 
corner of whatever, you know, if it's Linux or if it's, well, really, we take any kind of technology yeah. sort of thing, but, uh, uh, you know, try that out first, maybe uh, as a, as a, a warm up, and, and you'll become more comfortable talking in front of people, you'll, you'll get, you know, your, your flow may, may change, you know, you, you get questions that you oh, haven't absolutely. thought about. Yeah, that, so. you know, that's, that is probably something that needs to be said more often. I mean, you, you really nailed it. People need to start speaking at, at these local meetups, take advantage of the opportunities to speak at local meetups and speak at these various different events. Because no matter how much you research something or you know about something, you know, it's, it's great that you have that knowledge, but you need to share the knowledge. And when you share the knowledge, if yeah. you're really excited about something that you're going to spend that much time on it, people will get that excitement from you. Like I, I remember, so I mean, so you, you watched all the talks at the conference this year, right? So there, there were a lot of interesting talks on there. One of them that, uh, or one, one of the things that's actually come up as I've talked to people from the conference is that they talk about technologies that they learned about or things that were interesting that they said, I'm never, ever going to use this, but I think it's incredible. Like I, I, I was talking to, to Kevin Dees, you can, uh, and, and he, uh, you know, you can listen to the podcast we just put out with him. And he's like, you know, I'm, I'm not a, a Java or a Ruby guy, but I found the JRuby talk fascinating that Charles Nutter gave. Yeah, and I know when I was sitting there, you know, it was, it was a, a 10 minute lightning talk, but Nate got up there talking about WebGL and I'm just sitting there like my, my head's exploding. I'm like, you can do all this stuff with JavaScript in a browser. I had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea. And, I have no, no idea, idea. Where, to, where to start with or anything, but there's a meetup running in Greenville right now, just on, uh, just on, uh, oh God, what was that technology called? 3D. You talking about the web yeah. 3D? Yeah, what was the technology? 3D web? Yeah. Oh, that's going to drive me nuts. Now I have to look it up because, sorry, Nate, if you're listening, I promise. It's in my head right now. <laughs> Let's see. We had 3JS. Yes, 3JS. 3JS. Yeah, so there's the yes. 3JS meetup in, in Greenville now that's that he's been getting going just just talking about you know doing 3D open WebGL rendering and JavaScript and I mean it was you should you should definitely check out the talk which is online on our YouTube channel. And, and since he gave that talk, I've been wanting to go to the yeah. meetings now. So yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. My favorite story about about what you're talking about. Um, is uh, several years ago at the Linux Users Group, I gave a demonstration of Screen. I don't, yeah. you're, you're probably most people nowadays use Tmux, but Screen. I'm, I'm, I'm an old Screen people. fan, so I'm, I'm I'm with you. Oh, are you all right? <laughs> so I, I introduced Screen because not a lot of people had used it, and I was giving the whole talk and telling you all the different things you could do windowing and you can do reattachments and blah blah blah. And at the very end of it, there's this guy. He's looking at me like. And I'm like, you have a question? And he's like, uh, I, I thought this was just a, a way to serial connect to my modems and stuff. And I'm like, you can serial connect to your modem <laughs> with this stuff? Like, yeah, that's what I've only ever used it for. I'm like, I didn't know I could do that. So now, you know, I threw out my other, my terminal emulator. And, and that's what I, I just oh screamed gosh. out. I, it just blew me away. So we, two different people used the same program for two completely different. I didn't even know that was a thing you could do. Yeah. Yeah. That's gracious. 
So you just uh, you screen to dev ttys zero or something like that, you know, and and now you're talking to your modem, you're talking to your Cisco router, or whatever, you know, that sort of thing, over a null modem, you know, it's just like I had no yep. idea, but yeah, that's, it's it's crazy the way it's and, popular. And presentation, given presentations is is how I learn a little little bit more things about things, you know, because I like last month's Linux users group. Um. I was given a presentation on some bash tips, you know, but even then, uh, as I'm giving a talk, telling people I'm a bash user, I've been using, I know how to do. And still there were little things that, Oh, well, don't you want to do that? And I was like, you can do that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that tracks. There's, there's so much stuff under the hood that, that people find that's, so it's, this is one of the reasons I'm a big advocate for pair programming too. And so, and, and I used to hate the idea of it. Of like, I don't want yeah. you watching while I'm typing stuff, and you know, and it, uh, and then I did it one time, and and I, this was like ten years ago or something like that, and I I was pair programming with this this guy in Seattle who was using one of the JetBrains IDEs, and uh, and I was I was watching him, and you know he took over to to show me some stuff after I had been after I had been doing it. And it wasn't even the code that he was writing. He was just jumping around in the IDE so fast and like quick referencing things that, that his cursor was on and like finding where it originally came from. I was like, there's a hot key for that? You can do yeah. that? And it changed the entire way that it worked. <laughs> yeah. Slow down. What, what, how yeah. did you do that? I mean, goodness. Yeah. I, uh, the, David, the, always... the, the Linux guy I was telling you about earlier, David D., uh, he, he's an avid user of a, of a Linux tool called uh, Multitail. Uh, and it's, it's basically just, it's this, it's this simple tool where if you want to tail multiple files at the same time and stream them, it organizes it on the screen so you can actually do it. It's life changing. Wow. <laughs> I mean, you just say multi-tail and like asterisk.log and it'll just. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's great. I'll you really will. that. Yeah, yeah. It, every every single person that has that has seen it has been just blown away. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. and it's it's funny too. Like my son is, uh, I'm I'm slowly getting him into into Linux and everything. He's in, he's doing like some Python classes at school and everything. And and so uh, I showed him HTOP and Terminal, and he he thought that was the coolest thing he'd ever seen in his life. Um, <laughs> and granted, it is HTOP a really, really slick interface on a command line GUI. I mean, but it's, uh, it's just, it's interesting the things that you learn just by observing other people. Like, oh God, what was it? The, um, we were talking about earlier with all the, the various technologies and scripts that we have put together before I learned, uh, Ansible and I needed to automate a bunch of machines. One time I came up with this, it, it sounds so much worse than it really was to say it, but this combination Ruby and Perl setup. So there is, it was, it was really just Ruby. It was essentially just Ruby, but I needed a way So I was using Ruby to, to kind of be the coordinator to, to run through everything and then to step through and verify that each step had been completed. But then I needed a, a way to run the same commands on multiple different machines and then track the output of them and find out if there was a problem. And so there is yeah. a, in, in the Perl CPAN repository that has all of the, the libraries, there is a library that I have sworn by for years called SSH batch. Oh, 
and you don't actually have to write any Perl code to use it. Just once you do it, it, it creates right. these new, these three commands on your computer and you just, you can create a file that has essentially lists of machines uh, and you can give them like group names and whatever else. And you can say, run this command on this set of machines and you can add and subtract to add individual yeah. machines or subtract them from it if you want to. And so if you need to deploy a half a cluster and restart that half a cluster and then make sure they come up and they're working uh, and then you switch the load balancer and then you do the same thing on the other half of the cluster. I mean, you just needed to run the commands on the different machines, but it was, it did, it was doing expect behind the scenes to help with the logins and streamlining all that stuff. It was great. And uh, I was, I was using Ruby as the coordinator for all, uh, for all of it, but, uh, right. But golly, Ansible would have made it so much easier. <laughs> if anybody yeah. saw that code now, I mean, they're probably crying, but, <laughs> it worked though. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. That, right? <laughs> I don't even know if I have that code anymore. I, I, I'm usually good about keeping the little things that I've cobbled together like that, but yeah. uh, not so much. It's funny. I go through my GitLab and I say, "Oh, what is this that I did many years ago?" <laughs> yeah. Well, it was, it was uh, you met Christina Roberts, right? She, sure she, she talks at a, lot, at a lot of local events and everything too. And I remember seeing, she posted something on, on LinkedIn the other day and it was about, uh, you know, looking at a bunch of code and going, who in the world would have written something this stupid? Get blame. Oh, that was me like a year ago. Like, <laughs> that's, that's a familiar refrain. Which I have always adopted the philosophy, be kind to the next programmer yep. because it may be you. <laughs> That's a good philosophy. That is a very yeah. good philosophy. So when's the next U Club coming up? Uh, so we, we always meet on the second uh, Tuesday of the month. Uh, November, I guess that's what, uh, the 14th? Does that sound right? Uh, hold on. I've actually got notes, didn't I? I put notes. I don't know. It's November. The November group, uh, meet, November, November 14th. 14th. There it is. November 14th, um, we've got a former member. Um, who has moved to the Midwest, and he is now uh, a white hat oh. hacker. He works for a security firm, and he is going to talk about low Earth orbit satellites. Really? Um, I think that he has designed some. So I'm, I'm actually what? getting in touch with, or I've gotten in touch with, um, uh, uh, not OpenWorks, but um, uh, I've gotten in touch with Synergy Mill, uh, and they're going to show up, uh, or uh, Joe, Joe, Joey's going to be showing up, and uh, going to talk about Synergy Mill and how you can use Synergy Mill for your uh, embedded systems that you might want to put in space or something like that. Um, so he, I, I'm really excited about that. that interesting. Um, low Earth orbit satellites. This guy, this guy, like I said, he he grew up around here um, and uh, fa fantastic person. I have learned so many things about security from him alone. Uh, things that I never really thought about to to be more secure. You know. Um, and then uh, I'm also really excited about our December 12th meeting, which is, um, we're going to be, it, it's actually, you know, in retrospect, it's kind of a dry, dry topic licensing, but I'm really excited because our speaker is also a, a former, well, I say former, but he's still, you know, everyone's still kind of a member, uh, of the Linux users group, the UC lug that, um, he's, he's now working for a, a major, a corporation 
uh, more major cloud corporation and, and as well as a major open source organization. I'm, I, I'm going to be vague about who I'm talking okay. about. And, uh, so look at the announcements, I, I don't have permission from anyone. Gotcha. And some people like the, some people like the privacy, like security. Yeah, I understand that. <laughs> I, can, I can respect that. Um, so, but uh, he's going to talk about licensing in, especially in, uh, in light of, you know, Red Hat's putting things behind a, uh, their source code behind the firewall, the corporate yeah. firewall and, uh, uh, the Terraform license change, you know, and the business software license that uh, HashiCorp has been doing. So he's going to give us some opinions on that because he, like I say, he runs a particularly large foundation that has licenses and opinions about that. And I'm really looking forward to it. Is it involved with frequent so patches of web servers by any chance? Uh, okay. Perhaps, perhaps. I think uh, I actually might know who you're talking about. We can talk about that after the fact. You probably do. But uh, yeah, that, those those both actually sound sound really good, and so we can find out about that on. Uh, I know we'll find out about it in the Hack Greenville events page in the events channel in there. But yeah. where can we find out about the Uclug events? Well, like you said, I, I've been trying to make sure to incorporate our announcements with Hack Greenville. Um, we have our own website, uclug.org, but um, I also am on. Uh, uh, gettogether.community, which is uh, an alternative to Meetup. We try to use open source. As an open source community, we try to use open source wherever that. possible. Um, get to, I'd heard about Get Together at uh, Southeast Linux Fest. It's a group of guys that's uh, near Cullowee. Really? Uh, Silva? Yeah. And they, they just created this website called gettogether.community. It's it's a Meetup-like nice. place. And I was like, hey, let's uh, move to there. Um, we're on Get Together. Um, Google Groups houses our uh, I use it as a mailing list, but it can be used as a forum. Um, and then, of course, in the pound Linux or hash Linux, if you're newer than uh, dirt like me, uh, the, the pound Linux uh, group in the Hack Greenville uh, Slack. Um, I think we've still got an IRC channel, to be honest, but I, have to, I haven't been there in years. <laughs> but that's where I have my, all my announcements. Um, and uh, uh, so Hack Greenville has allowed me to to start announcing with uh, meetup.com so if you if you join the hat greenville meetup you may hear from me uh for linux users group and, and that's the great thing i i, I like you talking about jim i uh, appreciate him uh allowing us to yeah. do that uh and and so we're we're a member of uh, hat greenville that's good uh, and, uh, that's sort of, and that's uh, you like, can't promote exactly too like much said, that's jim, one thing and, i have definitely learned <laughs> yeah and, and, and Jim has been doing a fantastic job, like you say, about community, trying to get community yep. groups together. And that's one avenue I think that others should take advantage of like we are. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Well, I, I will be happy to uh, to post a little something about it on our on the conference's social channels as well if you, if you send me a blurb about it in the meantime. All of our previous meetings, uh, uh, well, not all, but a lot over the past couple of years have been, you know, although we have the meeting on Jitsi, um, we also stream it to uh, oh, YouTube, nice. and so we, we save this. Doing that with the security guys too. And... All right, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to hear that. And you know, YouTube's not exactly an open source group, but you know, you kind of go where the people are too. Nice. Sometimes. There's <laughs> there are two friends of mine who are um, who are big ham radio guys, and they're they're certified. They're in the emergency response network and everything. And oh, awesome. when you start talking about stuff with low orbit satellites, 
I know both of them are going to want to be there for that, or they're going to at least be want to be able to watch it if they can't be there for it. Or something. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. It's real, real interesting, real I'm interesting really... topics that people get into. And uh, up to, uh, and beyond that, um, anyone who wants to talk, give me a, a holler on any one of those Absolutely. channels, whether that's uh, the Hat Greenbook Slack, Pound Linux, or uh, uclug.org, or uh, Get Together, or what, what was the other ones that I meet mentioned? up? Um, the Google yeah. Group. Um, nice. So, yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much. Got anything else you want to close us out with? No, I, I want to say how much I appreciate you, you just thinking of me. I, I, I'm honored. Oh, are you by kidding this. me? Look, you, you are very much one of the one of the local community leaders around here, whether you want to accept that or not. I mean, anybody who has been driving a, a meetup forward for this long and getting this many people together for this long, uh, whatever your motivations happen to be for it, if you just selfishly wanted to know more. Um, yeah, it, it it still serves uh, serves as a huge benefit, and uh, and so I, I definitely respect that you, that you don't uh, you know get out there and and kind of wave around, look at me too much. But um, but I want to get people to to, to look at you because you, you have a really good thing going with these meetup groups, and uh, and I've been really happy to be able to to visit on a couple of occasions as well. And we, and we love having you there because uh, you know uh, the one you had about Ansible. Do the local Ansible. I've actually given two Ansible talks. There was there was that one, and then there was the um, Ansible and Terraform, the PB and J of DevOps. That's right. And that one. That's right. Uh, that one's going to be really difficult with the whole tofu thing because they're going to make me change my title, and I don't know that tofu goes with PB and J in any way, shape, or form. So <laughs> I'm going to have to. Oh, I hadn't thought about I'm going to have to figure something else out there, but we'll get there. So, so the Salt Project is is uh, got a sister project called Item, which is short for Item okay. Potent, and Item's focus is on clouds APIs. So, it might be an alternative to Terraform. You might want to look into that. that again, part of VMware, and and a lot of uh, VMware products are starting to use Item on, in under the cover. I can so, I can respect that, but uh, at the same time. I think I'm, I'm going to go back to my whole open source uh, initiative and the, the can I take it with me mantra. Am I, right. am I going to invest the time into learning something that is going to primarily work with VMware or am I going to invest my time in something that I can use with VMware and everything else? Which is why I'm glad item is. That's fantastic. Source. Now, if, if, if they get the, the level of support that open tofu has, that'd be fantastic, but it's all going to come down to the licensing. Now yeah. I'm very paranoid about that. But it seems like people are pretty happy with the open tofu move from everything that I've seen, at least so far. I haven't tried it yet, but I'm hearing good things. But anyway, thank you very much, Jace. Enjoyed having you today. And let me give my uh, my final shout out, of course, to uh, to Herd Media. Thank you all for again for helping to, to coach me through how to do this this podcast and help us put this stuff together for the community. I think it's really helping out a lot of people. So if you're ever looking to start a podcast and, and need some guidance or, or professional help, depending on the scale and scope you're going for, Talk to Herd Media right here in Green. All right. Thanks a lot, Chase. Thanks so much. Appreciate it.